Hi, this is Runa and you're listening to the Chainsmakers podcast where we share tips, insight, tools and stories from other Chainsmakers designed to motivate you to become the change you want to see in your world. Make sure you join our Chainsmakers community at runamagnus.com forward slash podcast. And now, this is your time to sit back, relax and enjoy. She has been offering dream business guidance for creative women as the When I Grow Up coach since 2008. You may have seen or heard her in New York Magazine, The Huffington Post, Etsy, Newsweek, Freelancers Union, USA Today, Forbes Top 100 website for your career list, and I don't know, I can go on and on and on and on. Michelle is the co-author of The Declaration of You, which was published by the Northern Light Books and uh, the teacher of Create Your Dream Career and Ditch Your Date Job. Gosh, I had so much fun talking to Michelle, where we looked at how can we instantly be trapped in our workbox and how can we go out of a workbox that is no longer serving us. Here you go. I hope you enjoy. I loved it. Michelle Ward. Hey, Michelle. Play for real. Tell yes. me. <laughs> I, yeah. When I was preparing for this interview, I was just thinking, my God, wouldn't it be amazing if every single one of us on this planet would go into every Monday with mm. that mindset, I'm going to play for real. Mm. And that made real. me back go into... I have a guest on this podcast that that's what she does day in, day out, mm. helping women to step into their power, mm. build their business. But I, there's a story to this, isn't it, Michelle? There's yeah. a story. Oh, yeah. How did Play For Real come to you? I mean, what happened for you? Yeah. I mean, you know, I come from a theater background, so I was one of those annoying kids um, when you asked, what do you want to be when you grow up since the age of, you know, six or eight? I I want to be on Broadway. I want to be on Broadway. And so I went to NYU. I got my BFA in musical theater. I worked performing on cruise ships. I worked off, off Broadway. I worked in the, the glamorous jobs and the not so glamorous jobs, um, mostly the not so glamorous jobs. And then when I was in my mid to late 20s, I finally came to terms with the fact that I did not want performing to be my career anymore. And I still loved it. And it was such a part of my identity and it was such a part of who I was since I was this little girl that when I realized I needed to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, quote unquote, as a, as a grown up, as an adult, I was not willing to just go take a job that was just going to be what I was supposed to do, right? As, as a grown up and an American and that society of, okay, well, go find something that pays the bills. And if you have a good salary and you have job stability and you have benefits and insurance, then like, just be quiet and do your work. It doesn't matter if you like it. It doesn't matter. And when I was growing up, my dad would come home every day from work and we'd say, how is work today? And he would say, well, it's called work because it's not play. But I guess if we want to eat, I have to go back tomorrow. And I must have just rebelled against all of that. And I think it was because I, I tried to make my passion into my career for so long that it just wasn't acceptable for me to think of 
okay, I'm going to go find a career. And I really wanted to find something that wasn't entrepreneurial. I wanted to find something, you know, safe and stable and all those things that I know now are false. But at the time I didn't realize that. And it was not acceptable for me to find something that I wasn't interested in, that I wasn't at least remotely excited about or felt passionate about, or that would fulfill me. I didn't want to go and just, you know, punch a clock for the next you know, 40 years of my working life. So I named my business when I grow up and I call myself the when I grow up coach. And it's interesting because in, I, I've been doing this now full time for nine years. I'm about to celebrate my ninth entrepreneur anniversary, as I like to say. And I've been coaching for 11 and my business, you know, mission and message and the offers has really shifted. But at its core, it's like, I always wanted to work with creative people on their career transitions because I feel like there just wasn't anyone that could help me in the way that I needed help in the way that I needed to be understood when I was at that crossroad. And so now in 2019, I'm here to help highly creative, multi-passionate, super smart, very driven women discover, launch, and build their dream businesses. And I don't want to put a, a rainbow and unicorn and glitter all over everything and say, everything's going to feel like play all the time. And if it doesn't, you're not doing it right. Because I don't necessarily believe that. But there needs to be a big piece where you show up and you feel like I'm working with the people that I want to be working with. And I feel valued. And, and I'm proud of the work that I'm doing. And I'm happy to wake up in the morning and have it be Monday and know that that I'm going to have a good date. Yeah. It always saddens me when I think about how so many human beings out there are looking at work. I call it their work box. Mm -hmm. uh, something like you're saying, you know, oh, you have to go. Just that when you hear, well, I have to go to work. You, you, you hear that and I, and oh, just the tone in their voice is like, oh. So I can relate to what you're talking yeah. about. Oh, yeah. There's so many that are, unfortunately, that are there and they believe that that is how work is. And yes. you go and play yeah. outside of that. I mean, if that, right, I feel like when you're a grown up and, and half the reason why I called myself the, when I grow up coach was not only the, I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, which was very real for me in my late twenties, but people would laugh. I'd be like, no, I'm serious. It's because when you're a grown up, you have grown up needs and values and responsibilities. And, you know, I love, I love the people who are right out of college and they're going to like go live with five roommates and eat ramen every night and go backpack in, in Nepal or whatever. And like, Great. Those aren't my clients. My clients are the ones who go, but I have a mortgage and I have a family to feed and I want to go on my family vacation every year. And I don't, and we need to acknowledge that. But I think especially women, and I don't want to gender stereotype, but I'm going to, we take on everyone else's stuff. We put ourselves last, even if we're not mothers, I feel like we're, we're everyone's nurturer and caregiver and, and we're people pleasers by and large. And you know, the women that go to work at a job that doesn't mean anything to them at best, right? At best, it's just like a boring, unfulfilling job. At worst, there's verbal abuse and psychological stuff mm -hmm. happening and physical symptoms that are showing up for them and all that stuff happens to me. You know, they'll get out of work and they're, and they're drained and they're spent and they just veg out in front of the TV or they meet their friends for happy hours for way too many nights a week, or they just do what like their friends or their partners 
want them to do, or they just chef chauffeur their kids around to where they need to go. They're not doing anything for them. And anyone who comes to me who needs to discover what their dream business is, nine times out of 10, my first direction is like, just play for the sake of playing. Just make sure you carve out the time to do, what is the thing that you've either been denying yourself or that you used to love doing as a kid that you could go back to, to just bring some joy back into your day and try to do it through the lens of like, it not being, doesn't need to be this productive thing. Cause we don't let ourselves do things that we don't see as this productive thing. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. hard, so hard for grownups to do that. So, so hard. Yeah. Well, when we've been programmed that number one, like you said, you know, the program that was, was trying to get into your head, but yeah. you didn't get it was, uh, you know, work is hard and you need to put foot on the table. I'm curious. You say, and, and you, yeah, I understand that you, you don't want to stereotype. You don't want to put all yeah. women in that particular, right. but right. do you, do you see when you look overall in your culture, where you are mm. at, is this what you generally see as mm. there are more women than, than not that are in that box? Oh, they- I mean, I think so. I mean, and this is really, when I started my business back in 2008, I was open to working with all creative people. And mm. I realized probably five years into my business that I worked with something like, you know, 251 women and 14 men. And mm-hmm. the men were fine and they got good results and we had good, re- and it was great. I was happy being their coach, but like, I just didn't click as much as, as I did mm-hmm. with my, with my female clients. And I think they, I'm going to just gender stereotype everyone. <laughs> I feel like most men tap more into that provider piece and just mostly want a someone to like probably tell them what to do. They don't necessarily, the, the women are, are happy and want to do the introspective work because they want to feel so connected to what they do. And at least the women who work with me are not the women who come to me and say, can you just make me rich? What should I do? So I should be rich. Like that's not, they're coming to me saying, I want my business to be full of purpose and and fulfillment and feel valued. But the men, I think, just have an ease. I think they just have an easier time all around just being able to say, yeah, okay, I want a business or I want to make this career change. Let me just update my resume, talk to my contacts, put my stuff out there. I feel like it's much easier for them to just go for it and take those risks because it's they're so interesting. I, I love this conversation. Because yeah. It's so interesting because I've come to see, and that is probably making me sleepless at night mm-hmm. when I think of how. Due to, due to the fact that so many men out there, are, they are raised and the programming that they were raised with was uh-huh. that they had to be the, 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 the caregiver or the... the yes, right, right. Yes. And, they were, and they were programmed to say, oh, you're supposed to you know, be the man of the house, whatever uh-huh. that meant. And uh-huh. so often being a man of the house means being violent. Right. And so, so I I sometimes think, and I'm not something, I'm becoming to think about it more and more that one of the the things that are happening, have been happening in the world when it comes to women empowerment. And Mm. by the way, I've really worked on that field for more, you know, decades. Yeah. Is the, the outcome has given us women the, we are allowed more Mm -hmm. to, 
Yeah, both what we put into the box as being masculine right. and being feminine. We can right. be, we can be both. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I can sh- I can show up in my dress. Yeah. And I can show up being very direct and being, mm. you know, being very focused and wanting yeah. results and all of those things. And I am not being judged, at least not when I'm when I'm. Oh. I might be okay. in culture. You would be here in America in a second. Well, here's the thing. That's, a, that's another thing. I, I mean, I'm, I'm living and based in Iceland, but yeah, yeah. there's a different, diff- so that might be a different culture. Okay. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But I feel often that men are not allowed. We, mm. and that has to, we women have to mm. open more up for, for allowing men to be who they are. Oh. Not accept, uh, not putting them all the time in the box that they have to be the provider and they have to man up. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, it's interesting. I feel like maybe American culture is very different because I feel like a, a woman is very, and you could see any female politician treated in this way here in, in America when they show up and they try to be, you know, strong and, and not emotional and assert their power and their focus and direct, we're then called unlikable and likability is like, has to be this huge, you know, this huge, if you're not likable, but you also can't be a bitch, but you also can't, but you also need to get stuff done, but you also need to. Yeah, so, yeah. Oh yeah. We're absolutely. Yeah. So it's hard for me to I'm say. I'm not going to take oh, that away. No, 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 right, no, no. Right. Right. And, and it's hard for me to say like, oh yes, we should make more, you know, we should make room for, for men to be. And like, yeah, I mean, uh, of course, if men want to assert more feminine qualities and hopefully they're, they're, nurturing and they care about people's mm. emotions and, and they don't hold someone being emotional against them and they're able to show emotions yeah. themselves. Like how wonderful would that be? Sure. Absolutely. Let's be more empathetic, at, you know, but I, I think it's, it's, you know, for, for me and actually for, I'm in a mastermind group with four other women. And as far as I know myself and two of them are all the breadwinners in our family yeah. to the point where one of them has a husband who hasn't worked for about a year and they have twin girls who are five and he's just like taking care of the kids, doing yeah. the house stuff and whatever. My husband went freelance with his copywriting job and he's worked in advertising for 20 years. I left to do this full-time 2010. He went freelance in 2013. And you know, at this point, he doesn't need to take very many jobs. He really only takes the jobs he wants to take. And that's so wonderful to be in that position. And, and the other friend of mine also has a young child and, and her husband started a business a little while ago. And it's, you know, he's bringing stuff in, but not anything super substantial for them. But he just works when he wants and builds a business when he wants. And it's a business that he's, you know, really likes. And I think that's where kind of the change starts. And that's where the change happens is within those family units. But at the same time, I know that my husband also wouldn't be happy if he didn't contribute at all to the family. And I don't think it's as much as I'm the provider and blah, blah, blah. But I think he you know, he wants work too, because I feel like there's that piece of work does make you feel like you're, you know, a contributing member of society and whatnot. Um, So it's really more about having conversations with your own family about, you know, what do they 
want and need and, and what's ideal for everybody and what's, you know, the overall picture and, and work towards that. And, and isn't that as well the space that needs to be in place for women right. to, for, for your clients to build yeah, their business, yeah. that they have that space and they have yeah. that support by their significant others? Yes. And, and it's hard. Not everyone does. I was talking to a client the other day and, and she just said like, my husband's just not on board. Like he knows that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm working with you and, and he sees what the business is and he sees me working on it and he just doesn't quite get why I'm doing it. And he doesn't really understand it. He doesn't see where it's going and it's hard. It's very, it's yeah. very isolating. And I'm, and I'm, happy to coach my clients and, you know, share with them what's helped my other clients, what helped me, because even though I have the most supportive husband in the whole world, when I was first pursuing this and said to him, well, what do you need to see? I always say like, you have to make this as much of a conversation as possible with your significant other, as opposed to just, and give them as many details as you can. So they could see you're actually working and they could see the results and they feel like they're part of it and not, you're not just telling them here's what's happening, but you're bringing them into it and making it a conversation. And I said to him, what do you need for, to feel as confident as you could feel with me, you know, quitting my job? What do you need to see? And his response was, Oh, well, as long as you're making the same amount of money coaching as you are, in your day job. And I was an executive assistant for um, a financial consultancy company in New York city. So there was a really nice base salary there and I was making good money. And he goes, Oh, well, as long as you're making the same money, then we know that you could quit. And I was so, I remember like, it took me a day to even process it because I just know that it's impossible. And I say to my clients too, you know, unless you're a, you could clone yourself or unless you're a robot that needs no sleep, you cannot expect there to be dollar for dollar. And you're always going to have to trust at some point that the foundation that you already set for your business is enough that once you're able to leave your job and work on it full time, that it's going to give you that runway that you need. And for me, the first full year in business, I made as much in my business as I did in my base salary at my job. But the month that I left or the months leading up to leaving, I made like, I left in March, I made like $1,000 in January for my business and $1,000 in February in my business and $1,000 in March in my business and maybe like $2,000 in my business in April. And then May, I launched something that people responded to and I made like $4,000 that month. Mm -hmm. And then that was going to, that was the norm. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, okay, I replaced myself, but I couldn't have I couldn't have made that $4,000 in February while I was still at that job. There was just no way. So, you know, there are different pieces to, to keep in mind and, and work out when it comes time to, to leave your job and get you as ready as you can. But at the end of the day, you're always just going to have to take a risk and, and sit across from your manager and say, I'm giving it my two weeks and bye. And, you know, hopefully you've given yourself a strong enough foundation and enough of a of your own severance, because that's really what yeah. I did, to give yourself a real shot at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does take courage. It does, oh, really does. for sure. And also what I'm hearing from you is the importance to have not only your husband or your partner or, or whoever you're, you're with, have a real deal 
deep conversations. Uh, I think that is also often the things that, well, it often needs courage as well. Go for that deep conversation uh, if we're not used to going for that really. Yeah. And feeling maybe, oh, I don't think I'm good enough to do this or having any, you know, a fear that you're not going to succeed. So Right. Right. So, so tell me, Michelle, I love how you're helping women grow their business and, and yeah. the way that I see it is that they can be independent, they can, yes, uh, right. they can serve, um, yeah. they, can, they can really love their life. What is the, the change hmm. that you would like to see in the world when hmm. it comes to this imbalance between the gender? What would you like to say different? It's funny. One of the friends I mentioned earlier said that she wants to make money like a mediocre white man. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. I love that so much. And it says so much in so little. You know, I want these highly creative, multi-passionate, super smart women to really believe they can make a grown-up living with the business that they love and stop listening to what they've been told either can't happen or are, you know, limiting beliefs of whoever is talking to them, right? I always tell them, someone's going to tell you that your business isn't going to work. And they're talking more about themselves than they are about you. They can't, they believe that they can't do it. It is nothing, but it's very hard for us not to take that personally. And I think that, you know, it's very hard to find the female role models and mentors and guides that we could point to and say, oh, look, you know, she blazed this trail. She did that. She, you know, but yay for the internet because now that's a lot yeah. more accessible. And so I think that if you, you know, just like I said earlier, the first thing to do is, is make sure you, you play. And that's a key to discovery. I think the other key thing you need to do is just suspend disbelief and give yourself a week to stop saying no, 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 to stop talking yourself out of the thing that you yeah. want to be doing. I call them the, the vampire voices that suck all the good stuff out of you. Some people call them inner critics or gremlins or whatever, but those voices that are trying to keep you safe. And by safe, yeah. it just means known. What you want to do is unknown. And there's absolutely no reason. I could be the one I grow up coach of all silly things but to be and do and leave yeah. my very stable, secure job in the middle of a recession to do this work and have a multi six figure business, you know, nine years later than like anyone could do anything that they want. And I just want these women to really start believing that this could be a truth for them and not live by that societal here's your, you know, ladder that you need to climb. And here's what your your career is going to look like. And here it's not about liking work. It's just about, you know, making money, providing for your family. We need to get off all those trains. Get off it. Really get out of that limiting box and step into a box that allows you to grow. Yes, exactly. A million percent. Ah, couldn't yeah. agree with you more, Michelle. Oh. Thank you so much for thank you. And to our audience, please go to runamagnus.com forward slash podcast and find this episode and where you can drill into all the details how to get in touch with Michelle and yeah. um, so you can so you can find your inner child and start to play for real.
this podcast of value for you? I sure hope so. If so, feel free to share the love and give us your generous review on iTunes or Stitcher. And remember that you can always go to runamagnus.com to find out more about the changemakers and how we can help you drive the change you want to see in your life.